Yo soy Aaron Bracho y yo soy Tater. I'm Quentin Holmes and I'm Tater. I am Onyx Vega and I'm Tater. Welcome to another episode of the We Are Tater podcast. I am your host, Freddie, accompanied by my brother, Jeremiah. Today, we have a very, very special guest. We're here again at the Tampa Prep High School. Thank you to the Carlsons for helping us out and, and being a ta- part of the Tater family. Today, we have David Vidal. He's been an instrumental member of the, the family since... I don't know, probably 2016, 2017. Vidi. And uh, 2016, what's wrong with this one? <laughs> 2017, 2015. 2015. 2015, a correction. <laughs> but uh, here's, here's David Vidal. How you doing? How you doing, guys? Thank you for having me once again. And, and nothing is here, here to talk about basically anything. Life and tater. Well, That's interesting. V has played... Anywhere and everywhere, honestly, because at all levels, pretty much. At all levels, because every time I talk to him, he's got a story about (laughs) Taiwan, Japan, Mexico, playing in winter ball, double A, triple A. I love it. This guy's played everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And every position, too, right? You're a super utility, pretty much. Yeah, but I haven't pitched yet. I pitched in high A, but... I got lit up. <laughs> got we won't talk up. about that today. We won't talk about that. No, I got a, I got a, I got an inning this year, in, uh, in American Association last year, and um, yeah, it didn't go too well. Happens, but V is like Freddie mentioned. He's been with us since we started, and one of the first guys that really took us on in terms of helping us really figure out the development of what Tater has to offer. Not only bats, but the fielding gloves, the batting gloves, the merchandise a true honest and transparent feedback about the direction we should continue to go with, what he likes, what he doesn't like, and that's why we really cherish the, the time that we spend with him and his feedback because it's a big help to us. Yeah, I still remember the, uh, the first time we met personally in Miami, right? We, ate, we went out for breakfast. For IHOP. IHOP. <laughs> IHOP. And, Pops uh, IHOP. <laughs> I had this glove saved, and I was like, I'm going to bring it to V. And uh, it was the black mesh, I think, right? The yes. black mesh club. Yep. And I still have it to this day. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> not even for the Tater uh, uh, Museum? I'll probably give it to you. I mean, it's stitched up. They had to do some surgery on it. but <laughs> One or still, two? I still, no, not one or two. It's plenty. <laughs> so V was, uh, like I said, instrumental. So from the, the time he started swinging our bats to really helping us fine-tune what's a good pro model, what he likes, what he doesn't like, which also transcended for other pro guys. So thin handle, big barrel, long barrel, whatever the case may be, maple versus birch. And then it developed into, I still remember like the first batting gloves sent you and the, the palms were a little thick or maybe the sizing on one pair was different than the other. Or, and it, it ultimately culminated into allowing us to constantly improve. So he almost pushed us in a way to, to become, you know, who we are today, like a, like a coach of sorts or a mentor or somebody that really could could give us the real feedback because a lot of folks were afraid to to tell us what they did like or didn't like and, you know but you know we had that that honest uh brotherhood in this way where he felt comfortable where he can say anything and know wouldn't hurt my feelings but would help me uh produce or be a better or us as a as a collective produce better better, better gear for everyone down yeah. the road long term 
yeah, since that beginning, um, I've always been very, very honest. And um, since the first day, I mean, since the first time you ever gave me a bat, that bat was in 2000 and, hmm, 2017, I think it was, that we went to the Caribbean series. It was all, right, all yeah. natural. And um, we rushed that one. <laughs> and Jonathan, Jonathan was in a bat. It was bases loaded. Can't forget, like, you know, it was bases loaded and he was going to go up to hit against Obispo. So Obispo was a sidearm pitcher and he was trying to get some some feedback to see what the guy was throwing. I told him, look, just use his bat. Hey, just, just let it rip. Like, whatever <laughs> happens, happen. And he ends up hitting a home run with that bat. And um, and from that day, you know, I was like, gosh, why, why, why not be, you know, upfront and 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 tell him stuff how it is because not it, it's this is not about you know staying in the same spot, but but being able to you know be better every day is the same way as us being in the field. We try to be better every single day, not get any worse. Um, and. And since I've always been that type of person, I, I let it know how, how it is. And if you don't like it, then so be it. If you do like it, then take it. And if not, just keep walking. That's how I've always been. And Jeremiah knows that by oh, now. Yeah. Um, so we all have to be like that in order to, to be better. Yeah, it's con- constructive criticism or honest feedback is pretty much what's, what drives, you know, players and, and, and us. I mean, we, we live the same lifestyle. What would what would be? Is that the first time you ever heard of Tater when you when no, you first, no, the first time, no, the first time was the first time was in 2015. 2015. Winter but that's ball. when the when winter ball. <laughs> it was in uh Kawas. I was in Kawas and and you guys were on the other side. And you guys just walked by, I said hi, or whatever, whatnot, and you know, there were some people being fishy about you guys and stuff like that. Oh no, there there's a new company, the Puerto Rican supposedly. I said, well, <laughs> What's, what's the big deal? Like, why you guys don't want to talk to them if they're, right. they're Puerto Rican? They're like, yeah, but that's a cheap company. And now I'm like, oh, all right, fine. So be it. Right. Like, right. I mean, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't say anything about them because I don't know them. Right. So then, whatever, we said hi to each other and whatever. And then 2016 came and we were playing in Gurabo. No, sorry. We weren't playing in Gurabo. We came back. I came back again to Caguas uh, and I was catching. And we we uh, we spoke a little bit more, whatever. Right. And um, we 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 only knew each other in, in you know in social media, but then seventeen came around, and, and that's when it, it was more more serious about it. And and I mean, the first time I ever heard it was in two thousand fifteen. That's when you know a lot of people were were you know. Oof, that was a long just, time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I still mean, in high school. I thought you were you were playing Pampers. <laughs> Yeah, that t- 2015 was rough for us because, um, like I, you know, like many people know, we immediately got it compared to the biggest companies in the game, right? Like, how often do you? It's it's like almost like you just start playing baseball and you're getting compared to a big leaguer. Mm-hmm. It's like we just we just started. So, uh, guys like you that gave us a chance, right, and and really gave us that honest feedback to help grow and mold us, kind of helped define who we are today. Because now we're one of the market leaders in in the space, not only in bats, but Batting gloves, gloves, you name it, apparel, and a lot of guys in the winter league now use a use a use a product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At any game, you can see somebody using a bat or a glove, and, and it was thanks to you and and those other guys. Are you know we truly really appreciate you guys. Things have definitely changed since that first year when you and Pops <clears throat> went to to Winter Ball to to show off the bats. 
Yeah, we, we I still remember trying to sneak into the, the Santurce side. <laughs> yeah, on the side. I was like, maybe we can go this way, this way. And then Pops was like, oh, let's go this way. And then we walked over to the batting cages and then we, we started showing off bats or whatever. But uh, I remember making that SB12 for you. I was just remember about that to bring model? this up. I was just about to bring this we up. We actually still have that. Uh, we printed out like a huge sheet of paper that has every dimension for the bat from the from the knob all the way to the barrel. And that's flat center right next to all the the equipment that we used to make the bats. So everybody's like, oh, who's David Vida? He's like, he's the man. Just He's the man. Don't worry about it. The most oh. stressful bat. Pops has had to make. Tell me about it. <laughs> Going with the with all that measuring stuff over there, that was in Mexico. And this guy's literally like with this tape and I don't know what else he had. And and literally I was I was with him doing that for like a good like three hours. I say, and I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, God almighty, how long is this guy gonna take with these measurements? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, are you gonna be done anytime soon? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Well, getting there, it took another hour. <laughs> and I'm like... Um, and, then, and then Pops came down after that, right? Yeah, and then yeah, that came down. And then um, and then we got some stuff done. And we went out, we ate. We did a couple of stuff with your dad. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, but that was one of the longest models that we ever took. We didn't even use SP12 anymore. So no like, chance. <laughs> no chance. After all that headache that we went through, and we're not using... There was like the eight SB12. renditions of that model. Jesus Christ. Nah, that that's that. But the one that beats is the XLZ, though. <laughs> XLZ, new model. <laughs> is that your favorite Tater thing now, or the XLZ, or is my it my favorite one? Something? My favorite one. I mean, I had mine, the Saz model, but the XLZ. We came to a point yeah. last year that I was like, man, my 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 hands feel, they don't feel good. I feel lay. I feel heavy. Like <laughs> I need some whip. And he goes, man, I have this XLZ, XL5. Shout out to Jan Gomes. Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate the help. You helped me out with 11 jacks. Thank you. So I told Jay, and I say, Jay, what you got there? Like He says, man, I got an XL5, but it's a 34. I said, man, you know what? Try it. Come on. I need it. He said it had hits in it. It had hits in it. He told me it had hits. It had home runs. I was hitting like a buck fifty or something. <laughs> oh. oh my god, well, it was awful. Right when I get that bad, I think the first day I went like three for four or did, something like that. <laughs> and I tell Maya, I'm sorry, but um, I'm a new man. This is what I got. That's I'm a I new need. man, but I just need this this uh, handle a little bit thinner because it feels like I'm holding a tree trunk. <laughs> um, XL5 so, has juice. Yeah, for it those who have swung the XL5, you know it has juice. Yeah, definitely it has juice. And then now that we created that with my handle, the the one that we call it, yeah. it's it's off these charts, man. Yeah, cool. you know it's kind of crazy that now a lot of guys are swinging your model like right away. I, I mean that, and I can't. It's a true testament of you knowing what guys like, right? So who better to know what a pro guy wants than a guy who's going to use it every day, day in and day out? I think we probably have like twelve or thirteen guys swinging your model now. More, no, XLZ, I think probably. it's more honestly because everyone loves it right away. Uh, next thing you know, everybody's gonna start using. Yeah, it. is that is 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 a lot? It's a lot deeper sound. It's a lot. The the ball jumps off the bat right like way too hard. Like it's way different than the models that I've swung. And I mean, I swung in my whole career. I swung every company, and and I'll be honest with you. And not because we're here and there's people around or anything like that. And I've told you guys before. I mean, it's the best wood I've ever used. 
And people tell me that sometimes I'm crazy because of Victor, because of Marucci, because of Sam Bats. I don't care, but nobody makes six bats the same way. Other companies, they make six bats and they put two good ones and four bad ones. Because I've been there. It's happened to me. It's happened to a lot of guys that have been next to me. And, um, and they don't take the time that you guys take in every bat. Yeah. I mean, and nobody could tell me that they had the same communication with the bat companies that they'll do with, with our company. It's a lie. Whoever tells you that they do, it's a liar. Um, because usually you go to the guy, you tell him the model you want, the size, the colors, and that's it. You don't talk to anybody else. Well, it's like you guys just uh, become family to us because we look at you guys like an extension of ourselves, right? It's mm -hmm. beyond being a customer. You know, when I when I look at you guys, I feel like you guys are like my like pretty much becoming my best friends at this point because when you guys find success is when we're we're happy, mm -hmm. right? Like I can care less if. We sell more bats. It's really like, okay, V went three for three today, or Fidel hit a bomb today, or, or Jack is crushing balls. Like, that's that's what brings us happiness. Yeah. And that's, I think, that's what really, really drives us every day. But uh, I've always wondered this. I never asked you. Uh-oh. When and why did you start playing baseball? Jeez. This is going to be pretty funny, this story. So my mom was our coach. No way. I swear to God. <laughs> Shout out um, to the baseball moms. Again. <laughs> um, so my brothers, they're always baseball players. My grandfather, my grandfather is Dominican. My, my, I mean, not a lot of people know I'm half Dominican. Um, my grandfather was Dominican. My grandmother was uh, Puerto Rican. Um, so my grandfather, he used to live in Dominican Republic. And he used to be Sammy Sosa's basically like parent. Wow. Out in the camp, in, in Los Campos, okay. what they say over there. And in the uh, sticks, for those that don't know. Yeah. And uh, so he used to give food to Sammy, to uh, Moises Alou, to the Alou uh, family and stuff like that. Um, so with that being said, um, my brothers, my moms were was the one that used to teach my brothers. And she used to coach them. So when I turned two years old, um, there was a Pampers League. For little babies. Pampers League. <laughs> Never so, heard yeah, of that before. Yeah, there was a Pampers League in Puerto Rico, and my mom, she put on some Pampers, and I mean, it was basically run, 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 because we <laughs> couldn't hit yeah. a ball. So we would just run around the bases. It was something funny. And um, and that's how I started becoming a baseball player. Every day I used to give, used to wake up to my grandparents, give my, my grandfather the ball. I used to tell him, throw it. He used to throw it. He used to clock him right in the front of his head <laughs> go back again keep doing it and and it was every day every day it was baseball and my mom that's the only thing that she used to uh talk about time, and, yeah. and, and do it and uh and then my brothers obviously me growing up that we moved to the states and uh when i was three years old uh they just kept and uh, and kept teaching me and next thing you know like i am who i am today thank god for them and for my mother and for the people that helped me out through my whole career. Did you ever have, like, a competition with your brothers? I like, did. I used to get beat up. this or whatever? Yeah, I used to get beat up all the time. Oh, for sure. 100%. Me too. Me too. But they were separate, though. They were separate, though. They were separate. It, it, every, all of us have uh, different ages. Obviously, I'm the, I'm the smallest one. But there was one that was in high school, and he used to play football and baseball. Oh, okay. He used to do uh, multi-sports. Uh, multi sports. And um, and he was my only challenge, but obviously I was a lot smaller. Um, 
but that was it. I, I didn't have much. So I just come home and say, hey, I hit four-line drives. So probably four-line drives, we're out. <laughs> but then he'll get mad, and I'll, I'll say, you suck, and then I'll hit him, and I'll run, and then I'll get beat up. So That's a healthy competition, right? Oh, yeah. Talk about a little bit about what it was like growing up playing ball in Miami the high school years. It was pretty interesting. I went through, um, wow, I went to three different high schools. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to three different high schools. Uh, I started off in HML, Hialeah, Miami Lakes, and um, then I did two years there. I went to Miami Springs, uh, played with Yasmani. Um, that was his senior year. Everybody was a senior except me and another guy. And when they left, I was like, oh, I'm not staying here. <laughs> not be no team is gone. Team. <laughs> the whole team is gone. I was the only one, literally, and the head coach left too. So I was trying to follow the head coach. I couldn't follow him because it was a rule. You can't follow coaches. Um, so then I went to play summer ball that year my for my 12th grade year. And that team, Manny was in. Machado was in. And the coach, he had seen me the year before playing in Miami Springs. So he calls me and he tells me, hey, uh, V, you know, come play for my summer ball team. I have Manny with me. You could be the second baseman. And I was like... Yeah, let's do it. And then I met up with Manny. We used, we were like very, very, very um, strong, very, very united. And I played that whole summer. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to pass the FCAT. I couldn't pass the FCAT. I would fall asleep. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what the FCAT is. No, no it's idea. like uh, it's like a state test. You have to if you go to public school, you have to pass it. But I, I was standardized test, the worst, right? No, yeah, you had to get a hundred. You let's say you had to get a hundred percent right. 50% was just writing down your name and the date. And I couldn't even pass that because I would fall asleep. I'll be honest. I couldn't I couldn't pass it. Um, but I went on and I went to go play in the private school that he was in. Okay. Uh, he was he was still not heard of, but he was in on the, the, on the come up, yeah. Yeah, he was in. And from that year, it was just like, like in two seconds, his name was ours. His name was everywhere. We'll have like. 50, 60 scouts a game. Was that your junior year? That was my senior year. That was, that was his okay. sophomore year. Okay. His junior year, I can't even tell you how many scouts were. And then senior year, it was unreal. Like, it was from corner to corner, um, scouts and everything. But my but my high school years, man, it was – man, I love my high school years. Yeah? Yeah. I, if it wasn't for baseball, man, I don't know what I'll do. I hear you. You got signed right out of high school, right? No, I did two years in junior college. You did? Yeah, Miami Dade. Oh, man, are you all right? Did you wake you up sleeping over there? You need a you need a coffee? I don't know. This guy doesn't take his notes. No, you don't. This guy just does podcasts. So nothing. we're gonna just put him on the bench tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not starting tomorrow's game. <laughs> Batting ninth. <laughs> Miami Dade. Yeah, Miami Dade Junior College. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I did two years there. Um, time my second year. My first year went better than my second year actually. Probably they liked me more my second year. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I was too ugly my first year, but but I had a I had a big class. Um, I had had a good guys in my first year of college and my second year. Um, I had a guy from the Virgin Islands, Jabari Blash, that um, probably uh, Chavis knows him, um, and he went high. He didn't even play a game, I think. No. But just because of his um. His of tools. His, his tools, man. This guy was like almost seven feet tall. Sheesh. Bro, hits. You stay at home runs 480, 490, that center field. Like, it was unreal. Like, it was, 
Like, it was so unreal that he went in the eighth round. And he didn't even play a game. Wow. I don't think. So, you know, I had I had, I had my good times. There was bad times at, at times like any other. <laughs> what would you say is, like, your – I'm going to steal Maya's uh, question. What would you say is your, your happiest moment in baseball? Jeez, my happiest moment. See, he wasn't ready for this question. Of course I was. No, I don't know. 2017, Culiacan. Oh, yeah? Next really, yeah? Yeah. That was my that was my happiest time playing baseball, yeah. let me tell you. But it was the scariest one, too. It was very scary. But um, we won, and thank God I was able to be the, the Caribbean MVP. That was a really big, like, honor. Um, not a lot of people could say that they, that they did that. That's very um, rare, man. That's And it's, you know... And and it's very rare for your for your country to come back to back MVPs because yeah. it was me and then Anthony Garcia, we did it back to back and we won back to back, same teams and everything. Legendary. And that was pretty that was pretty impressive. Um, but that was one of one of my happy moments. Man. I, I never lived that twenty five thousand fans. You could feel the the part. You could feel the 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 dirt shaking. Vibrations everywhere. Like it everybody. was unreal. Like I turned to Yadier Rivera in one inning because we called timeout. The pitching coach called time to talk to our pitcher, man. And I had never been so scared in baseball because that day <laughs> they turned off those lights and started with the phone lights. And I turned to him, like, do you feel the ground? <laughs> like, can you believe this right now? Like, feel it. He was like, can't even feel it <laughs> i'm like jesus but i mean i'm not gonna say that i was ready for that but it was pretty uh intense yeah the people the fans playing music like instruments and stuff that's like that yeah yeah, yeah. the whole game the whole game doesn't stop to the, to the last people out. cheering yelling like, out your name to the last out yeah that's that's that caribbean baseball the winter league baseball when everybody gets into so it it's fun. crazy it's awesome yeah. yeah and now that um Next year, the Caribbean series is, is going to be in Venezuela. That's a very uh, baseball fan fan base of oh, people. Be. And imagine when the next year is in Miami. Oof. The following year is in Miami. So we'll that's going to be more interesting. I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be more interesting. What's been your um, favorite position to play? I've Since you play some, usually guys only play one position or two positions, but this guy covers covers everything. Listen, listen, listen. I don't cover everything. Catch him. And, you know. Don't be humble. He's he's being humble now, guys. Yes, so it's, yes. It's okay. I have to be humble. You know when those balls get behind you and you have to run, they see all they see. They, they see, see your numbers. See your numbers. <laughs> You're like, holy. Crap, I didn't block that one. Yeah. Um, that has happened to me plenty of times. That I go up, I'm like, oh lord. I turn around and it's just my number. That's all I see. <laughs> That's kind of frustrating. But my favorite position is always, always been catching. But with knuckleheads these days, pitchers that they think that they know it all. Um, you know, you get into that verbal arguments with them at times because <laughs> yeah. they think they know it all. And they want to shake you off when you know, know this hit. You played with this guy that you're yeah. he's pitching against. No, and then they come. And, oh, if it would have broken a little bit more, he would have he would have missed it. <laughs> but you know the phrase that I can say, right? But I'm not gonna say the phrase. Um, he but threw yeah, the ball but, to his bat pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all he got was was the fat part of the bat. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't miss it. But my other one is third base. Third base is is one of my favorites as well. Um, but I definitely, if I had to pick one, 
I'll go to third. Did you, did you grow up playing catcher, like being a yeah, catcher? Yeah, my or? brother was the one that taught me. And um, and nobody knew that I was a catcher, that, that, I, was, that I was able to, to catch until uh, I was going to get released in 2014 because of, yeah, yeah, you know, how I was, how I was as a person. Um, so Eli Morero, he was an old timer with, uh, with the Cardinals. He, uh, he tells me, he goes in spring training and he goes, AV, just to let you know, you're going to be a backup uh, this year. You're going to go to high A, you're going to be the backup to another guy. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to be nobody's backup. I'm not here to play backup with anybody or nothing like that. If I'm not going to start, let me go home. You know, that was my mentality. I was an immature person. And, um, and since he was cheering for me so much, he went into the office and he says, let him catch. Let him catch and I'll stay with him in spring training. I'll stay with him in extended. So I stayed in extended um, for a month. And I remember him just every day calling me at 5.30 in the morning, getting work done way before everybody got there. After practice, after the game, I had early work, late work. I had everything for a whole month. And, you know, that got me even a better uh, catcher. Not a better person, but a better catcher. And then, obviously, with the time, you know, still I came back with my with my dumbness. Did you say that was like a transitionary period for you as you matured as a ball player? I was. I did mature a little bit, but not until I got released. And I started my first year in uh, in Somerset. Okay. Patriots. That's that's when I matured more because I had guys like Brian LaHare, big time uh, big leaguer. I had Robert Andino. I had Scott Cousins. Big names there. Um, I had those guys that Man, games were at seven. I'll see those guys already there at twelve, and I'm like, "What are these guys doing here? Like, what, what, do you guys sleep or no?" <laughs> and they're like, "Be the first one in, first uh, last one out." I never understood that until one day I didn't run out of ball. Remember, like it was yesterday. Didn't run out of ball. Where were you playing right at that? At that. I was at what third stadium? base. What stadium? At Somerset. At Somerset. Somerset? Yeah, at home, Somerset. At yeah, at home. And he grabbed me by the shirt. Um, this was Robert Andino. I was living with him at the moment because I didn't have nowhere to stay. He goes, listen, the next time you don't run out of ball, your whole check is going to me. That's first. <laughs> Second, you're not going to play another inning until you prove that you could run down the line. And third, you're going to be the first one here and the last one out. After that day, I was like, oh, my God. Here we go. So I started maturing even more, and with the game going on, them giving me information and me playing and me taking those in, like, they're like, I changed completely. I had a good year, and mind you, I only told the, the manager I was only going to play that year. That's it. I wasn't going to play anymore. So I was, literally, I was out of baseball. I didn't want to play anymore. And then I went on, and I played, and then 16 came, and that's when I had, like, my breakout year. And then I was able to to sign with the Marlins, and that's when I went to Winterbar and I, they broke my hand. And when they broke my hand, thank God I had, I had signed with the Marlins. Uh, I had downpacked that contract. Um, but I was going to get a two-year deal, but I told them, no, I just wanted a one-year deal, a one -year deal, because I wanted to prove myself again. Right. I didn't want to know that I had two years and just go bypass it, you know, right. like, you know, whatever. If I don't do good, I don't do good. I got another year. So I didn't want to see it, make it seem like that. So you I would just put like, some pressure on yourself. Of course. 
and they made me, you know, they made me go down like in 10 pounds because they wanted me to um, play second. Um, every day I was there at 5.15, I would drive from my house to the complex. To how, far is it, how far is that It was drive? like an hour, an hour 10. So you're, you're waking up at like 4 a.m. pretty much? 4.30. 4.30, okay. 430, 4.30, and then I'll make it there before because I have a heavy foot. So I'll get there and lights will be off. And I mean, I'll already be dressed and I'm there in a the corner, like just waiting for everybody to come in. Once the light switch hits, Clubby's come in and said, man, what are you doing? Like, why so early? I don't know. I'm just ready. And um, sure you're and, committed. And that and that helped me out that year. That helped me out in, in like in men's like it, it really helped my career. And um, and nothing. Had a good year, whatever. Had my downs and ups, and, and that's it. I know guys might not say it, but I know when I go see you guys play in winter ball, everybody looks at you like a leader now, because they they, they look up to you for what you've done and how you play and how much you care about the game. And as much as it's like that unspoken, like you can see it on the field, and I know everybody on the field is like family. But that's one thing that I noticed when I went to go see you play for the first time. I don't know what came out as a surprise. I just pulled up on you guys. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Maya, you have any questions for V? Uh, what I was going to bring up, and it kind of ties into what you were saying, is that we're lucky to have V on board with us, not only because he has a ton of experience to kind of distribute throughout, but talking about being leaders, helping some of the younger guys that we have, going through the system, kind of teaching them and showing them, I wouldn't say rights or wrongs, but steering them in the right direction so they can continue to propel their career. We're lucky to have guys like you, Cece, who are willing to talk to some of our younger guys who are just coming up, sharing the wealth to really help them grow too. Who may not have an older brother that kind of has either lived that or, or really know what it's like because not everybody's a pro guy, right? So what was, um, where did your brothers end up playing? No, my, my brother, that's, that's a long story. Um, my oldest brother, he was going to be able to sign with the Braves, but due to the fact that, you know, he was a little crazy and did other stuff that he wasn't supposed to do. You know, he took a different route. And um, and my other brother, he got surgery on both knees Oof, before tough. signing with UM. And um, and he was done. Yeah, so after knees that, are tough, man. Yeah, after that, he just... Because he used to walk home from football practice in cleats. Oh. And it was yeah. a long walk, and he used to do that because obviously at that time, we, we didn't have money. Mm-hmm. You know, all we had was bikes right we right. have one car my mom will get home late and you know it's you know everybody goes through that yeah unless your family is good in money you know you won't go through that but people that that you know that had it how i had it how many other people had it because i know there's a lot of people that have sold their stuff to be able to to make you know things happen mm-hmm. um it's it's pretty hard. It's it's not it's not a easy road. How many people think it is? Right. Because people think, oh no, you're 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 a pro athlete, and you play for so and so team. You have it easy. You wake up at any time you want. And say, no, sorry, it's not not how you make a seem. Um, you think we're rich? No, we're not rich. Because if you play at least a week in the minor leagues, trust me, you will want to get out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trust me, you will want to get out because the moment you see peanut butter and jelly after a game. <laughs> You were not. You were not standing in the sun for so long. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, that's it's a tough, and then you you know it's a tough, tough scenario for folks because, 
you know, it's and, and sometimes you're in a, in, in a state or a city that you don't know anybody, right? So it's not like you can call somebody up and say, hey, uh, what's for dinner tonight? You know, it's yeah. like, and sometimes you're at a host family or rooming with a bunch of guys from all over. To, and you guys kind of just, I think that's, a, you guys grow a bond doing that though, right? I think um, uh, Ryan and, and Quinones were, were telling us like, you know, the things that you guys go through, you, you bond with your, your teammates, mm -hmm. something that you guys always, you know, could appreciate about each other. Yeah. That's how that's how it is. Is um, I mean, it's not an easy road. A lot of people say it's an easy road, but it's not. It's not. It's it's one of the hardest roads that you have to go through in order to make it to the big leagues. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't fortunate to make it to the big leagues um, due to my past. Uh, hopefully, I had somebody that guided me. How I've been able to help people. Mm -hmm. um, like for instance, this year I helped out maybe four kids this year. Yeah. And they wanted to quit baseball. And, you know, they'll see me get to part 12:15, and they'll ask me, I said, why do you get here so early? I said, because I get my job, my, my work done early. By the time everybody gets here, I'm already done. Right. I don't have to. Because the day I, the, the time that I go home, if I go over four and I didn't do my early stuff, I'm going to go to sleep with a regret. Right. Now, why couldn't, why didn't I come early? Why didn't I work on this? And I went over four. Now it sucks, but right. you got your work done. You went over four. You could be able to go to sleep good because you, in back of your head, you have that. Damn, I um, I worked. Maybe it didn't come out right, but but I got my work in. You know, nobody nobody could judge you for that. Right. But people could judge you for not working and you not doing good in the game. That's how I see it. That's how that's how Andino. That's how Brian Lahey. That's how Scott Cousins. They 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 made it seem for me. And then throughout my years, I played with all these big leaguers. I've had that that privilege to play with all these big leaguers and take some of their stuff. Right. I'll just be quiet, take a little bit that could help me, not everything, because we're all not built the same. Right. Um, and that's what's guided me to the person that I am today. And, you know, I'm not the best person in the world, but those steps that I took helped me become the person I am today oh, yeah. because of them. I mean, you're a great guy, man. Come on now. No, nah, yeah, I, mean, I am. Great. I can mess around and everything, but... <laughs> Jeez, that Fred camera guy's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie took my question earlier, so I'm gonna take his. When did you decide that professional baseball was what you want to do with, with your life, with your career? Well, what age or what point in your life were you decided this is what I want to do? What were the conversations that led up to it? Did you talk to your mom, your brother, or something about it? Or you're just like, nah, it I'm was only baseball in, in my in my family. Baseball is the only thing that. That I knew. Yeah. Um, not that I wasn't book smart, but I just didn't like school. Like, there's a lot of players, there's a lot of people that could tell you that. I mean, not for anything, but Castellanos, he said it yesterday. I don't have a degree. I just hit baseball for, for a living. And that's how I feed my family. So that's how I saw it. I mean, I don't have the same, the same saying as he does, but... I mean, I don't have a degree either, so I got to help my family somewhere somehow. So when I got drafted, you know, I worked my tail off in, in college and everything. And um, and when we got the, that opportunity, like, to sign, you know, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have, I didn't have anything of that. All I had was literally my 300-square-foot efficiency with my mom yep. and my stepdad and, and my mom in front of me and the scout right next to me. And, I mean, whatever he, he, That's it. he said... Hey, I'm going because I got to help my family out. 
you yeah. know, whatever you're going to give me, just give it to me. I had a good slot money, but obviously I don't ha- I didn't have an agent, so I didn't know better. Um, I really got pretty messed up because, yeah. you know, uh, they knew what they what I had. What you were working with, yeah. yeah. And and especially they 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 kind of they got me. Yeah. And but whatever it is, what it is. Um, but I was able to help my family, um, so that's how I saw it. And with the with with becoming a professional, I I never had that in mind. Um, not like now, like everybody's just thinking, oh no, I want to sign. No, I want to sign. No, I, I was just taking it day by day. If I signed, then good. Then not. Then so be it. Um, but I wasn't seeing it that way. You know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. seeing how kids nowadays, they see it. No, first you got to play college. Then you could become a professional. It's like high school kids, they say, oh, no, I want to make it to the big leagues. But how are you going to make it to the big leagues if you're still in high, in high school? Yeah. First play college, and then you make it to the big leagues. Then you, then you sign. When you sign, then you can become a professional, uh, a big leaguer. There has, uh, there's a lot of stuff to learn when you're when you're playing from high school to college. Right, that... Those years from maybe, what do you say, like 17, 18 to 20, 21, really define you as a ball player, right? Those yeah. are the, that's when you first see you guys throwing 90, 95, 99. Jesus. Throwing hammers. 101. Yeah, but we were using <laughs> metal, though. So that was even, that was even better in college. Yeah. <laughs> in the BESR, too. Not, but, not the metal bats that we got but now. Nah, man. When I got to my first game in, in professional ball that I saw 101 in the backstop. Oof. And using wood, I was like, nah, this is not me right here. <laughs> what is this? And, you know, me and Yasmani, we went through it uh, that first year because we, when we signed, we went together to Arizona. Well, I went to to, uh, to Billings for a week. And after I didn't get a hit, like in my first 10 at-bats. Mustangs. They, they said, hey, come down. Homie. Go back. <laughs> come <laughs> back. <laughs> you can't even pass the ball through the pitcher, man. Get, come back. Come on. And uh, when I went down there, we were together and... And, yeah, in that first game that I played with him, I was like, man, this is rough down here. <laughs> Jeez, these guys are throwing 100. They don't know where the ball's going. But then it got better. I mean, you, we learned and stuff like that. Jesus. Talking about um, talking about wood bats, right? Yep. Uh, how would you say – how important is it for somebody to figure out what they what they like or what they hit best with? And, when, and how is that like uh, – we, we say it's like an exploratory – thing right nobody nobody has the same feel or strength like what is that process like it's it's pretty interesting the process jay has been with me for throughout my <laughs> it's whole a, it's a feel thing right it's yeah it's it's, like, it's it's um and jay me and jay always talk about it like like if you want to if you want whip if you want if you like the top heavies you got to know yourself right because there's a lot of people that they don't like cup bats mm-hmm. you know me specifically, I like my bat whip. And right. I never knew that until a couple of months ago. So yeah. I learned in my late late years. Right. I wish I would have known that before. Because I used to use any any model. I used to go around any model. And uh, when I when 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 we were speaking, I was like, man, yeah, I need some bat whip. Like what what and we spoke about that and next thing you know, there it is. So it's very it's very important to know what um what's best for you and what you know what's gonna help you out. Like and you gotta also know what the type of hitter you are. Right. If you're a line drive hitter, don't go using a top heavy bat. Right. You get what I mean? Yeah, you might be like you're gonna get laid on the ball and you're gonna be snapping yeah, them. You're not gonna you you're gonna be swinging and missing. If you're a power hitter guy, 
you know, if you have quick hands, then maybe you could use a non-cup bat. Right. But always try to have a feel for the type of player you are because not yeah. everybody's the same. And the type of pitching you're going against too, yeah? The of feel course. is tough. Bat feel is tough. Swing is tough. Understanding feel. We talk about it all the time, especially with the younger hitters. But do you think, because you've been using the training bats since, since you started with us, all the variations of them, you think that's where you started honing in on like the feelings where when you use a specific training bat, the underloaded, overload, whatever it is, it kind of isolates different feelings, right? Yeah. Do you feel that? Because when I played, that's that's how I looked at it as. Well, my my uh, my uh, my early work consists of the training bats. My early work is the split grip, my flat bat, and at, at, in occasions I use the overload. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I do I do not let go of the split grip, and I do not let go of the, of the small flat bat. Flat bat. Yeah. Like Jackie. <laughs> yeah, like Jack has his uh, his bat, his normal bat with a flat, and um, and I mean he doesn't let go of it either, and I mean there's a lot of guys that, you know, because a lot of us uh, hitters, we like to go in and out of the zone very quick, rather than stay in the zone as long as you can. Yeah. And finish up high. That's the method of every hitting coach right. and every 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 person that I've met throughout my career. And um in the in the split grip is one of the best training bats I've ever used. And and a lot of people could 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 tell you the same thing. Um and that has helped me stay more inside the baseball at one and longer in the zone. That's very important at the end of the day when you're a hitter. Um because in and out, being in and out, you're gonna be so quick that you're not going to be able to hit certain pitches. And if you do hit an inside pitch, it's going to be foul. Yeah. And that split grip, you know, has helped me throughout my career. And I got a lot of people on it um, lately, and they feel the same way. And then the overload, um, it just creates a lot of bass speed. And the same thing that the split grip does, but it creates so much bass speed that They'd be like, man, I can't let go of this, <laughs> you know. And nah. the and the flat bat, you know, you have to hit it in the in in, in that flat part. The flat part, yeah, you have you, to. Because <laughs> if you don't, you know, it's, it's worthless. Forget about it. Good luck, bro. But uh, obviously, V is a wealth of knowledge, and we're you know we're happy for you to be part of us. I really look at you like you're, you're like actually blood brother brother to me. And um, I know it's getting late. Let's grab some dinner. We've been uh, right now for you guys that don't know, we're actually at spring training. We just had a long day. We wake up at 5, 5.45. Jeez. 5, 5. Yeah, 5 on the note. Yeah, 5. Just seeing Jeremiah's. Jer I'm cross out my eyes. Just <laughs> empowered chest. Just empowered chest. Four, Jeez, that four, four, we're going to have to tell him to take fun. care of that, yeah. That was not fun. Four or five coffees later. <laughs> but, um, we're here, yeah. Well, it was a good, you know, it's, we're happy to have you with us. We're Really appreciative that you took the trip out from Miami to make drove this happen, three, man. He drove three hours to be here with us, or three and a half. Stomach three and a half. <laughs> Stomach bug, everything, but hey, we got to make it out here. Um, it's an honor just to be with you guys. It's, it's like a dream come true to me. We talked about this last year. How, hey, I want to go to a spring training. I want to see what it what it is, you know. And you guys letting me have that experience is 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 pretty is pretty nice. Um, but but yeah, I wanna I wanna thank you guys. You guys have been, shit. You guys have been everything for me, man. This yeah, year. you're the same and to us, same, man. Trust man. me. But we're gonna keep growing, and um, it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, within the years, and a lot of people are gonna look back, 
and they're gonna they're gonna regret not joining us. We're gonna make history. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yes, sir. Real quick before we finish up, if you guys are liking what we're doing, some of the episodes, I know we're a couple into them now. Send them over to someone that you think might like listening to this. You know. Don't be haters. <laughs> Just come on, man. We're happy to have guys like V and some of the other guys that have jumped on board that can bring up a lot of stories and a lot of uh, knowledge to to pass on to everyone. So feel free to pass it on and and bring someone else to the Tater family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.